Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. We are capable to end the Russian aggression this year. Russia has lost by public accounts, either killed or wounded 200,000 people. Putin's first objective was to erase Ukraine from the map. From day one, President Biden warned President Xi. The countries of the world stand. We stand with Ukraine. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is News and Views for a Friday. So what does Joe Biden continually tell us time and time again? He said it in the State of the Union address every time he comes up and the economy comes up and they ask him about inflation. What does he say? Oh, it's, it's going in the right direction. Everything's good. Everything's good. People are optimistic. Uh, he said it again today, and this is after all the economists are saying, no, no, wait a minute, uh, inflation is heating up, it's not cooling down. The Personal Consumption Expenditures Price Index, or also known as the PCE, which is the Fed's preferred gauge of inflation, it's higher in January than it was in December. The core PCE, excluding food and energy, Prices are up 4.7% in January from a year earlier, picking up steam from December. And remember, the, the, uh, it was the jobs report and the inflation report about a month ago. I, I said, uh, wait, it will be, uh, you know, they will come out in about 30 days and they're going to say, well, we had to adjust it up. That's exactly what happened today. Friday morning brought another update on the personal consumption expenditures or the PCE price index for the latest read was not received well by Wall Street. Uh, the Dow was down today. Uh, earlier this morning, it was way, way down. It did come back a little bit. That's because the personal consumption expenditures or PCE is the federal's preferred gauge of inflation. In the Friday report, the PCE read showed a 0.6% month-over-month inflation, while estimates called for just 0.4%. What's more, Friday's PCE release revised December's monthly read up from 0.3% to 0.4%. That is, inflation is ticking back up, accelerating quickly in the wrong direction. So what did Joe say today? Daily Wire is reporting that Joe Biden is living in la-la land. <laughs> he is. Now, I guess it's nice to uh, say these ridiculous things that everybody knows is a lie and have the mainstream legacy media just back you up. But uh, Joe sounded a note of considerable economic optimism today after inflation metric, mostly utilized by the Federal Reserve, as I just said, continues to increase. Again, the P. CE price index rose 5.4% between January 2022 and January 2023. Um, Biden responded to the data released by claiming that, quote, we have made progress on inflation, but we have to do more work. He touted efforts from his administration to reduce prices and said Republicans undermine the strength of the economy by opposing his spending agenda. Do you get that? Yeah, they're trying to keep you from spending money like a drunken sailor. My apologies to drunken sailors. And he is saying the fact that they are trying to stop him from spending money, that's what's causing inflation. Quote, when I travel the country, he said, I see optimism for this year and the years ahead. The optimism of families with just a little bit more breathing room, thanks to our work to get workers back into the jobs. 
the optimism of a record number of Americans applying to start a small business. Uh. <laughs> but the fight's not over. We must finish the job. Uh, speaking of him finishing the job, uh, and I guess he means the United States isn't totally decimated. We're not totally bankrupt. He's got to finish the job. Uh, First Lady Jill Biden told the Associated Press today that her husband, Joe, Cousin Eddie, is, quote, pretty much ready to announce his re-election campaign. The First Lady made the comments during her multi-day visit to Africa. Sort of odd, isn't it? (laughs) You go all the way over to Africa to make the announcement that, uh, yeah, I think my husband's going to uh, run for re-election. So uh, that whole thing is just weird. You go to Africa to make the announcement, your, your husband is here, you're in Africa, and anyway. He said he's not done. He's not finished what he started. That's scary. <laughs> that is very, very scary. He's not finished what he started. He's, he started to decimate America, but he's not finished yet. How many times does he have to say it for you to believe it, she joked. Asked by the uh, host Jonathan Capehart on MSNBC's The Sunday Show whether an official announcement will be made soon on a Biden-Harris 2024 ticket. Jean-Pierre Coley replied that she can't talk about politics because she's limited by the Hatch Act. But what I can say is repeat what the president has said many times that he intends to run, and I'll leave it there. Jill Biden said Friday in Africa that her husband took her input seriously in his decision-making but that the final call will always be up to him. Of course, he'll listen to me because we're a married couple, she says. He makes up his own mind, believe me. Uh, This is sad. This is sad. Joe doesn't even know what's going on half the time, and uh, Jill wants him to run again, and uh, he probably will. Over on the Republican side, the Washington Examiner has got the latest polling on the Republicans. Yes, I know, I know, it's still two years away. Not quite, not a little little less than uh, two years. But uh, interestingly, new polling suggests Ron DeSantis is leading Donald Trump head-to-head big time, but also leading Donald Trump when the uh, rest of the pack is in there, a big pack. DeSantis leads Trump head-to-head 57% to 33%. Wow. Uh, In a crowded field, he still holds the advantage, according to a poll conducted by WPA Intelligence. This is uh, from 1,000 GOP primary voters, conducted February 13th through the 16th. Against the larger field, DeSantis has 40%. Trump has 31%. Nikki Haley, 8%. Mike Pence, 8%. See, this is why I have a hard time believing this poll. Uh, I mean, it it doesn't surprise me necessarily that DeSantis is out in front of Trump, although he's out there by a a good good amount, and there's been a number of other polls that say that Trump's out in front. But for Mike Pence to get 8%, I I just find that hard to believe. I mean, if these are hardcore GOP primary voters, I have a hard time believing Mike Pence would get 8%. And Liz Cheney has 5%? I, I, I don't think so. And they got Larry Hogan with a higher percentage than Tim Scott. Larry Hogan at 1%, Tim Scott at less than 1%. 
And granted, I realize that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different uh, candidates in the field. But Liz Cheney with 5%? Is she still even a Republican? <laughs> uh, yeah, I have a hard time. I have a hard time with that one. Uh, so the uh, train wreck is still in the news. Yeah, the uh, Pete Pothole Pete Buttigieg train wreck. Uh, the view, the numbskulls on the view, the clucking geniuses, they have figured out the mystery as to what caused the trail of the train derailment and who is to blame. Turns out the people to blame for the train derailment, according to that genius Joy Behar, are the actual people of East Palestine. They themselves, according to this cheap moron, it's their fault because they voted for the wrong candidate in the last presidential election. Cut one. That'd be you, Clark. I don't know why they would ever vote for him for somebody who, who, by the way, he placed someone with deep ties to the chemical industry in charge of the EPA's chemical safety office. That's who you voted for in that district. Donald Trump. Who reduces all safety? He yeah. did. Do they showed days. up at McDonald's and those that? voters yeah, saw something on the ground that yeah. probably yeah. resonates in a That's way that they need. Yeah, but they need to look past the photo ops, people, and but say who's doing the job here. Forget about the photo ops. Showing, showing up is a big showing up. I think, I think this is Donald Trump's fault. Yeah, the the, the gals on the View, the clucking hens on the View. The chief idiot Joy Behart. That's who you voted for. As she wags her finger towards the camera. Uh, and all the other morons just gladly joined in. I, 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 now, I, I will see these stories concerning the morons on The View. How in the world can anybody watch that show and have to listen to Joy Behar's voice? Oh, my gosh. So what she's talking about. And this is the talking point that the Biden administration is constantly spreading. You've heard it a hundred different times. All the moron talking heads are saying it over and over again, that it was deregulation by Donald Trump that caused the trail, train derailment. Senior officials at the Biden administration have tried to pin the blame on the train derailment and subsequent chemical fallout in East Palestine, Ohio, on deregulation efforts from Donald Trump. But... Today, the head of the National Transportation Safety Board has called those efforts misinformation. Aren't the Democrats supposed to be the chief misinformation sheriffs? White House Deputy Press Secretary Andrew Bates said in a statement provided to The Hill that the disaster was caused by Republican lawmakers and the Trump administration. He claimed they owe East Palestine an apology for selling them out to rail industrial lobbyists and contended that the Republican members of Congress, quote, laid the groundwork for the Trump administration to tear up requirements for more effective train breaks. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, who visited an Ohio community impacted by the derailment one day after the former commander-in-chief, that would be Donald Trump, Likewise, said the Biden administration has been constrained, and this is Buttigieg saying this, the Biden administration has been constrained on rail safety as a result of a breaking rule withdrawn by the Trump administration in 2018 because of a law passed by Congress in 2015. Both officials appear to have been referencing a rule that would have required some trains to upgrade their braking systems to electronically controlled pneumatic brakes, 
known as ECP breaks. NTSB Chair Jennifer Hummondy, who leads the independent federal agency charged with investigating the train disaster, exhorted all who claim that the breaking rule would have prevented the derailment to, quote, stop spreading misinformation. Hamandi said on social media that the rule would have only applied to, quote, high-hazard flammable trains, while the vehicle which derailed in East Palestine was classified as a mixed freight train with too few hazardous cars to meet the threshold for the regulation. She added that the train would not have had the ECP brakes even if the rule had gone into effect. Members of the Biden administration themselves have likewise hesitated to implement breaking rules. Federal officials said the new standards would produce costs that significantly outweigh any accrued benefits. This from the Washington Post. Even beyond the issue of establishing new braking system requirements, the number of train derailments has remained relatively unchanged from about 1,300 annual incidents over the past decade and even declined to 1,100 in 2020 and 2021, two and three years after the braking regulations were nixed, according to the data from the Bureau of Transportation Statistics. Listen, the, the Democrats, along with the morons on The View and every other legacy mainstream media outlet, uh, they're going to do what they can to blame Donald Trump. Uh, never let a disaster go to waste, to quote Rahm Emanuel. They, they see this disaster and they all get together and say, okay, how can we blame this on Donald Trump? <laughs> Surely, certainly we can figure out a way to blame it on Donald Trump. Then they go and they dig into what legislation has, you know, what executive orders, legislation, whatever happened under Donald Trump. Oh, look, look, we see where he squashed this uh, issue of pneumatic brakes, electronic pneumatic brakes for certain trains. And again, had, would have, even if it had passed, it wouldn't have been applied to this train. But that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I mean, let's let's figure out how we can get the heat off of Joe Biden and Pete Buttigieg, and let's put it on Donald Trump. Let's blame Donald Trump. Let's blame Republicans. That's what they do. And because they've got the mainstream media behind them, at times it looks like it's pretty effective. End of the day, no, it was not Donald Trump's fault. It's a lie. We're going to take a time out. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Back to News and Views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. 24 minutes past the top of the hour. Quick look at your weather forecast. Not the greatest weekend coming up. Sunday's not too bad, though. Uh, tonight, the rain comes in late, like after midnight. Uh, low of 43 tonight. Tomorrow, rain throughout the day, a 80% chance of rain. The high is only going to be upper 40s, perhaps. Uh, tomorrow night, a chance of rain before 7. Then cloudy skies, the low tomorrow night around 39. Sunday, not bad. High 64 with lots of sunshine. And uh, by next Monday, we're back to uh, 75. So all in all, not bad. Lots of sunshine uh, Sunday and Monday. And... Uh, yeah, you know what? I mean, it, get, get, tomorrow just be a kickback, watch some basketball on TV, and sit in front of the fireplace and watch the rain come down. Carolina Journal is reporting, along with a number of media outlets, including the News and Observer, North Carolina House Speaker Tim Moore, 
and Representative Davis David Willis from Union County, along with two other people, an aide and a security officer, were involved in a car accident around 9.30 last night. They were coming back from Wilson, North Carolina. They were at an event there at the Wilson Community College, also a fundraising event for a, um, an individual and in, in his campaign. Um, and while they're on their way back to Raleigh, a pickup truck, they're in an SUV, a pickup truck rams the back of their SUV. Bam! That is what uh, House Speaker Tim Moore said. And then it happened again. And then it happened again. Uh, the truck passed them. They ended up chasing the truck, following the truck for some six or seven miles. The truck finally pulled over. And uh, the individual, James Matthew Bro uh, uh, Brogan, Brogdon of uh, Goldsboro, was arrested, charged with um, several different uh, charges. According to the uh, Goldsboro News Argus, he has had a history of criminal conduct. According to an incident report, deputies told Brogdon to turn. Now I don't know. I don't think this is the same incident as what happened yesterday, but it, it's it's uh, citing a previous situation in which uh, this guy was going to be arrested. They told him to turn around so they could handcuff him. He attacked a deputy, started choking him. The other deputy pulled him away. Then he started attacking that deputy. This guy is just a nut. Uh, he was uh, charged, among other things, with drunk driving. At first, Tim Moore thought that uh, this might have been a targeted incident. Uh, he had a press conference this morning. He said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm changing my tune on that. I think the guy was just a, a drunken idiot. My words, not uh, Tim Moore's. I'm sure Tim Moore was much more diplomatic than Lamprecht is. Uh, by the way, um, Gavin Newsom, is he going to be a presidential candidate? Uh, Benny seems to think so. Uh, he is now in California. I mean, first of all, California gas prices are through the roof because of so many regulations. they got to jump through so many more hoops for California consumption than they do in the rest of the country. That's the land of fruits and nuts. Gavin Newsom came out today and um, actually he's, he came out a while back and said he's going to do this, but it sort of hit the fan today that he is going to limit oil companies' profits. That he is basically going to say, nope, I'm, I'm, we're going to pass legislation and I will pass executive orders that you're not allowed to make too much profit. Every time... A liberal does this, there's a shortage. Every time. When they come in with regulations or they're going to come in and they're going to tell you how you're not allowed to make a certain amount of profit, do they, somehow they do not get it that profit, the profit motive, is what makes the machine run. And you know what happens? When, when, when we have free enterprise and the private sector is left alone, you know what happens? Somebody else comes in with a lower price. It's called competition. But they don't want that. They, they want government control. They want to nationalize everything. They want the government to be in control. And when, when that happens, there will be a massive shortage. Fortunately, in California, in the state legislature, Republicans and Democrats in the state legislature are pushing back on Newsom, saying this is a bad idea. 
the other thing too is, I mean, right now we're seeing this mass exodus from states like California and New York. Somebody told me the other day that uh, in California, I, I can't remember what, what period of time it was. I know it was less than a year, but 700,000 people had left California. I, I, don't, I don't think it was a month, but it, was, uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't even a year. And, and that's happening on a regular basis. I mean, for so many years, California was growing and growing and growing, and now they're losing people. They're losing their tax base because people are saying, you know what, I'm, you're, you're, I'm, you're, you're controlling me to the point that I'm crying, uncle, I'm leaving. You, you, can, you can rule with an iron fist over these other people, I'm leaving. I'm going to a state this, that's free. And a lot of them are going to Texas, a lot are going to Alabama. I mean, and, and again, you, you look at uh, what's the, um, uh, the U-Haul folks. You know, every year they come out and they tell you, you know, where their rentals are going and uh, people are leaving California hand over fist. So keep it up. Keep it up, Gavin. Interesting story in the Washington Times. Legislators in red states are determined this year to do what Supreme Court Justice Contingy Brown Jackson could not do, provide a definition for the word woman. The Kansas Senate on Thursday became the first chamber to pass the Woman's Bill of Rights, a measure that defines woman and man in state law. The distinction is central to the push to preserve single-sex areas such as public restrooms, sports on school teams, prisons, and shelters. What this does is simply codify in law the definition of sex, said State Senator Renee Erickson, a Republican, that's what she told the Washington Times. It's sort of sad that we have to codify the obvious. <laughs> it shows you how ridiculous we have gotten. I mean, next we'll have to pass laws proclaiming that fire is hot and ice is cold. The sky is blue. It's dark out at night. Uh, th this is the asinine stuff that you have to do when you have so many ridiculous things coming out from the left. Nonetheless, the measures opposed by transgender right advocates... I mean, it's common sense, but we're going to oppose it. It simply says that in existing statute or law, there's a definition of sex that means biological male and female as determined at birth. It's very factual. It's very objective. Similar measures have been introduced this year in Oklahoma, New Hampshire, North Dakota, Texas, Tennessee, South Carolina. The legislature is considering a joint resolution that would amend the state constitution to define sex as biological sex at birth. The legislation passed on a party-line vote of 26 to 10 with no Democrat support. And there, there's a shocker. Senate Democrats blasted the measure as another bill targeting trans-Kansans. The American Civil Liberties Union said the bill codifies into law a right to exclude transgender people based on outdated and inaccurate definitions of sex and families. Outdated definitions of sex. Out <laughs> How is it outdated? So, yeah. You know, 200 years ago, there was there was different genitalia on males and females, and it's now changed. I mean, this is so asinine. And these people are total loons. Jennifer Brathiris, director of the Independent Women's Law Center, the legal advocacy arm of the Independent Women's Forum and Independent Women's Voice, said the bill doesn't change the law, but rather freezes it in place. 
The American Civil Liberties Union said the bill is essentially attempting to remove trans people from athletics, restrooms, locker rooms, domestic violence shelters, and other necessary spaces, but Ms. Erickson argued that it is appropriate in many cases. Listen, again, they're not trying to remove these people from any place except for where they don't belong. You're a biological male or a bi biological female. Go to the, Listen, if you don't know, look down your drawers and you'll find out. And then go to the proper place. Nobody is saying you can't go use the locker room. You just got to use the right, right locker room. No one is saying you can't use the restroom. You can use the right restroom. You know, it's really interesting. The liberals are upset because the name of this bill is the Women's Bill of Rights. Now, isn't it interesting that they are upset over that? Because, I mean, stop and think about it. Stop and think about how they use words all the time. Stop and think about how, you know, when they want to uh, kill babies in the womb, it's called women's health care. When they have an organization that their main goal is abortion, they call it Planned Parenthood. This is called the Woman's Bill of Rights. And the reason why they're calling it this is, listen... I'm not saying it never happens, but men preying on women happens a whole lot more frequently than women preying on men. By and large, men are bigger, men are stronger. Oh, how chauvinist to say that, Tom. Men are bigger, men are stronger than women. They prey upon them. The women are the victims. Speaking of which, District Attorney George Gascon is the poster child for malfeasance in the judicial system. This guy is a moron. This guy, this is one of these George Soros district attorneys, George Gascon. Remember the story. We had it on here. This is probably going back six, eight months ago. The case of James Tubbs. This guy's a pervert. He's not only a child molester, he's also a man pretending to be a woman. Remember, this guy was in jail... He was arrested. Uh, he is now 27 years old. When he was 18, I think it was like two weeks before his 18th birthday, he was in a Denny's. He got a hold of a 10-year-old girl in a woman's restroom at Denny's. He was molesting her until someone walked in, heard the girl crying, confronted it. The guy ran. The, the uh, you know, Fortunately, there wasn't... Obviously, the little girl was traumatized. Uh, it doesn't sound like it went any further than that. But they finally caught him. I mean, something happened because they got DNA. So something did, something actually probably bad did happen. Uh, they, they caught him. They arrested him. They put him in jail. And remember, this is the story where... He was recorded, his, his dad came in while he was in jail, he was talking to his dad on the phone, you know, through the glass window, and he was laughing at the fact that he is now telling George Gascon, the district attorney, that he's a woman. So he's, he's laughing with his dad, he said, so when you come to court, make sure you refer to me as she or her, because I'm telling everybody I'm a woman. George Gascon, because when he uh, uh, molested this 10-year-old girl, he was, it was two weeks before his 18th birthday, Gascon insisted he be tried as a juvenile, which he was. 
So Tubbs, who has falsely claimed he was a woman, was sentenced to two years. Are you ready for this? Now, he was 27 at this point. 27, but because when he was 18, two weeks before he was 18, Gascon said, we're going to try you as a juvenile. So when he's sentenced as a 27-year-old, they put him in a girls' juvenile detention center. Because Gascon said, well, he was a juvenile when he did it, and he says he's a woman. My gosh, what kind of moron is this Gascon? I mean, these people really want to destroy America up one side and down the other. They want to destroy it economically. They want to destroy it ethically. They want to destroy it morally. They want to destroy it spiritually. So this is like this is like assigning the fox to be locked up in the hen house. A 27-year-old pervert is put in with girls at a juvenile detention center. This this guy was in heaven. He's probably saying to himself, my gosh, if I knew I was going to get this, I would have gotten caught a lot earlier. It gets worse. Now Gascon has taken his devotion to sticking up for James Tubbs to another level of idiocy. According to Fox News, Gascon suspended one of his own prosecutors because the prosecutor referred to Tubbs as a man using his given name of James Tubbs instead of Hannah. The name James Tubbs likes to call himself as a part of his new fake identity as a woman. So Gascon, instead of coming down on James Tubbs for being a liar and a pervert, and coming down on himself for being a moron, he suspends one of his own prosecutors for speaking the truth. We're living in la-la land. You can't make... Uh, this, is, this is unbelievable. I, I mean, <laughs> you know, the scriptures say, you know, that we're going to come to a point where our, our morals are so bad, those people will say what is good is evil and what is evil is good. But it's beyond that. <laughs> it's what is up is down, what is right is left. What is moral is immoral. What is male is female. Is this part of the anarchy that they want? And and the people that are speaking the truth, like this prosecutor, they're the ones that are being punished. We can take another time out. Stay with us. More news and views for a Friday coming right up. Brandon's heroics. This, uh, Brandon, he, what does he play? Well, Mr. President, they're not, um... Folks, let's hear it for Brandon. What a job he's doing. Let's go, Brandon. Now back to news and Let's news. go. 96.3 Welcome back in. It is News and Views for a Friday. Hope you're looking forward to a good weekend. By the way, did you hear about this baseball player? Uh, I think he's playing for uh, Mississippi State. He's ambidextrous. And uh, he's a pitcher. 
that throws both right-handed and left-handed. 19-year-old. In the third inning yesterday, he displayed his ambidextrous abilities and struck out a left-handed hitter with a 92-mile um, fastball. And uh, so, I mean, he'll throw... If it's a left-handed batter or a right-handed batter, he'll decide which which way I can get him out easier. <laughs> he goes and gets a different glove and uh, pitches with both arms. Yeah, apparently he's a... Uh, Rather a uh, social media sensation. Uh, speaking of loons, Chelsea Clinton has got a uh, book out, and she keeps adding new features to it. It's called She Persisted. And she's had all kinds of people in there, including her mom. But now she is included in the book... For She Persisted, she's adding She Persisted Rachel Levin. Problem is, Rachel Levin is Richard Levin. <laughs> this is Rachel, don't call me Richard Levin, who is the uh, Deputy uh, Surgeon General. Chelsea Clinton decided she, she, Chelsea was going to make a hero out of Richard Levin. See, if I was in California right now, I guess... Uh, Gascon would lock me up. This is totally absurd. Uh, Fifty years ago, Richard Levin would be put into a state mental institution, and now he's made. He's, uh, this is a sixty-five-year-old fat man who dresses up as a woman, and Chelsea Clinton hails him as a hero. I, you know, people are going to say, oh, Lamprecht, you're hard, you're callous, you're mean. I feel sorry for the person. The person has got mental problems. I, how, how they got to this point, I don't know. But the idea that we're going to make a hero out of them and encourage them is sick. What's really sick is these books, these She Persisted chapters, are aimed at kids. Some sensible good news. Over in Tennessee, the Tennessee governor intends to sign a bill banning sex change procedures for minors. If passed, the bill will go into effect this summer. A bill to ban minors from receiving life-altering physical and hormonal sex change treatment passed in the Tennessee House this week. Headed for uh, Republican Governor Bill Lee's desk for signature. We talked to uh, yesterday to Jim Perry, Senator Jim Perry. There is legislation coming out of the House very similar to this in North Carolina. And uh, the question is, will we have enough votes to override the veto that you know that Governor Cooper would uh, put on this? But as you heard Jim Perry say yesterday, yeah, this is, this is common sense. This needs, to, uh, this needs to go forward. The bill passed on Thursday 77 to 16 with a large majority voting in favor of the bill. House Bill 1 does not apply to all Tennesseans, but aims to prevent minors from receiving sex change surgery and being prescribed puberty blockers and comes as more states begin to address the side effects of sex change on minors. 
Lee's office told Fox that the governor appreciates the work of the leaders in the party to protect children. According to the text, the legislation prohibits a health care provider from performing on a minor or administering to a minor medical procedures if the performance or the administration of the procedure is for the purpose of enabling a minor to identify with or live as a purported identity inconsistent with a minor's sex. This is very, very similar to the legislation that's been introduced in the House here in North Carolina. Again, I hope it passes. Um, contact your state legislator and uh, say, yeah, we need to, we need to get behind this. I'll, I'll, I had the number of the bill. I'll see if I can find it and bring it uh, back to you after the break. Um, if the if passed, the ban will go into effect in the summer, and those currently undergoing sex change would have until March of 2024 to forego their medical treatments. The American Civil Liberties Union of Tennessee plans to take legal action against the governor if he signs the bill into law. Quote, we are deeply disturbed the state politicians have voted to interfere with the ability of families to make decisions. That, this is the problem. This is the problem. The families aren't involved in these decisions. This is why you also have the parental bill of rights going through state legislators, and they're against that too. Uh, this was written by uh, the ACLU Tennessee staff attorney Lucas Cameron Vaughn. Despite Cameron Vaughn arguing the gender-affirming health care for trans youth is safe, more transgender individuals are speaking out against the procedure. At this point, I'm far from whole. I'm far from healed. I'm still processing and dealing what I went through, said detransitioner Coe Cole, 18 years old, biological female who had top surgery and bottom surgery. Listen, these people that have these surgeries, we talked about this a few weeks ago. There was a report out, I think it was out of uh, uh, England, that uh, uh, these people that go through these top and bottom surgeries have all kinds of problems for years, 10 years after some of these people had surgeries, they still had ongoing pain, ongoing bleeding. I mean, you don't chop off pieces of your body and expect it to be normal. You, ch you, you, you cut off your male genitalia, and then you're surprised that you have issues? we got one more break, don't we? Let's go ahead and take the break. I'll see if I can find that uh, bill number and uh, share it with you, uh, the, the one that's going through North Carolina. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Back to news and views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Uh, that transgender bill in North Carolina's house is North Carolina House Bill 43. It would outlaw puberty blockers, hormone therapy, and other gender-affirming medical treatment for transgender minors, even with parental consent. Similar bans have been enacted in Arkansas, Utah, Alabama, Arizona, Tennessee, as we just said, in Texas. Some of them have been enjoined by the uh, courts, pending legal challenges by the American Civil Liberties Union. Oh, yes, got to have them. Onslow, uh, County, uh, Onslow County Republican Representative George Cleveland is the bill's main sponsor. He did not respond to emails. I tried to contact George uh, and bring him on the program. I talked to him a couple of weeks ago, and uh, he rather curtly said, no, I'm not going to come on. Just saying. Uh, George, love to have you on, and kudos for sponsoring the bill. Um, love to have you on to talk more about it. Hope it goes through. Uh, Town Hall's reporting Eric Swalwell, who was kicked off the House Select Committee on Intelligence because of his multi-year-long affair with Fang Fang, the Chinese spy, is trying to stay in the headlines by proposing a plan to keep former President Trump out of the Capitol. A bill introduced by Representative 
Nikki Ma Williams from Georgia would permanently bar Trump and several of his top aides from the Capitol because of their attempt to, quote, undermine and overturn the 2020 presidential election. Again, let's let's the January 6th narrative. <laughs> let's keep pushing it as often as we can. The proposal asked the House and the Senate Sergeant at Arms and the U.S. Capitol Police to take such actions as may be necessary to keep Trump from entering the halls of Congress forever. The effort to undermine and overturn the 2020 presidential election had damaged blah, 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 you know, all the garbage they keep spewing. Swalwell also proposed for former President, uh, or from former Trump advisor Steve Bannon, former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, former White House Deputy Dan uh, Scavino, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They, they would all be banned as well. Um, Trump said this idiot is now calling for pub- publicity purposes only for some great American patriots, including me, to be banned from the Capitol. This is beyond the pale. I mean, so. Here, here's the bottom line. When Republicans take control of the House and the Senate, and it will happen. I mean, there will be a time down the road we'll have the House and the Senate and the White House. Um, will they go ahead and vote to bar the lover of Fang Fang from the Capitol forever? Or how about Joe Biden for taking illegal contributions from nations all around the world? Or Adam Schiff for being a chronic liar? Or Hillary Clinton for whitewashing her uh, uh, hard drive when the Congress asked for those emails. Unbelievable. Hey, listen, we got to run. Trump is correct. Uh, Swalwell's an idiot. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.